again, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm here as always with my co-host Dale. And today we were going to go into 35mm film a little bit, maybe go into the, uh, you know, some of the history. And, you know, with the death of 35mm, I think it's uh, a pretty important topic. You know, most uh, most studios have stopped putting their newer films on 35mm, so... You know, essentially, it's going to cease to exist. You know, new films. You know, in the future. So, we want to talk about that a little bit today. But uh, first off, we'll talk about some recent stuff we've watched. And uh, I just wanted to briefly mention the film, the film Enemy from 2013. This is uh, right after they made the film Prisoners. Jake Gyllenhaal and director Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. But they made a, made this film Enemy, and I, I just wanted to mention it because it's really I thought it was really interesting, and I don't want to spoil anything about it, but uh, kind of like a doppelganger type film. And uh, yeah, I think it, I think a lot of you guys will enjoy it. It's it's definitely one that you need to watch you know multiple times to really get it you know get the full uh, story. But um, and also watching the Mouth of Bandits again last night. I watched the Blu-ray. And uh, Blu-ray looks really good. But uh, we'll go ahead and get into some news here. Um, let's see. Transformers Age of Extinction just started. And uh, what do you think about that one? You pretty excited? Uh, I'm not wasting my time uh, watching it. I mean, I've read several interesting reviews on it. But, uh, the um, Dinobots don't have you intrigued? The what? The Dinobots? Oh, the they did uh, at one point, <laughs> but I mean, they all look like I think I've read somewhere crumpled beer cans. I mean, they're just wow. it's, they're so random. I understand they can't do it like the you know the cartoon, the G one. Oh yeah, or whatever. But it's it's pretty ridiculous uh, how they look. Well, I think it's it was really just. I mean, that's pretty much all I've heard about this movie until now is you know Dinobots. You know, you said yeah. they're, they're hardly even in the film. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Wow. Um, uh, Grimlock yeah, does not speak. I know that's irritating for your fans. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's not really one that's going to set the world on fire either with his you know acting ability. But and I don't hate the guy. I definitely like him a lot more than uh, Shia LaBeouf. He should do his voice from uh, The Departed. Yeah, uh, that would be awesome. But. Uh, but yeah, that that film is being released uh, in China and the U.S. on the same day. So a lot of people are predicting it'll be the biggest opening ever. Um, we'll see. I, that's interesting. They're releasing it with China at the same time, but that would push it over the edge, definitely. I mean, they're probably doing it just so they will be the biggest release yeah. ever. I mean, that's probably the main reason because. I don't really know the know the purpose for the staggered release anyway, because you know a lot of stuff gets released over in Europe now before it gets released here. Yeah, I've noticed that. So or certain things. You know, I'm just not sure the the purpose. I don't know. Uh, I mean, even with uh, you know Godzilla in China, it wasn't released in China until about a month after yeah. it was here, and it's still not out in Japan. Yeah. It'll be out there by July 25th or so. wonder why that. I wonder what's the purpose. you think that'd be their number one market for that film. 
I don't know about Japan anymore. They don't seem to have much interest in uh, Godzilla at this point. China's different, though. They, they like big spectacles. But. Yeah. You know, it's it's they say it's on track for over a hundred million just this weekend. So I wonder if it'll keep that up though. Yeah, I'm thinking not. Word of mouth kills shit like that. Yeah, it'll probably a lot of people are probably just gonna wait for Netflix. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be the biggest Transformers film. I really don't. That's gonna be a a point where it's just burnt out from that. They've already said they're working on Transformers Five. Yeah, I'm sure. Whether or not Bay comes back. To do it. Why wouldn't he? I, I don't know. I mean, is he directing all these? Yeah, yeah, he's oh, done okay. all four. He, he originally wasn't going to come back and do Age of Extinction and decided to. So, but, damn, he's been pretty busy because he's working on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now or whatever. He's producing it. Oh, he's producing Yeah, he's not oh, directing okay. that. He's just putting his... I mean, I, I would think you wouldn't even want that guy's name on your film you know it's like Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles well I mean you look at how much money Transformers did but that's what studios look at but he's a joke I mean you know legitimate filmmakers they call him a joke but well it's just you know Spielberg's produced all these Transformers okay um Spielberg's yeah. just getting a fat wallet fatter wallet that's all he's doing yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think he's having any input in these films no you know, I wonder how much input Bay is having in Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That's another one we could probably ramble on about. But I'm not looking forward to that film either. Well, I watched the uh, latest trailer yesterday, and I can't get used to the faces. It's the faces that are weird to me. It's, it's the lips, isn't it? Don't they have lips? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. Uh, Turtle lips. The faces almost look like burn victims, almost, you know, <laughs> where they have no discerning features, just a slit for a mouth and the slots for a nose. And, um, I don't know, it's just unnerving, that, uh, you know, compared to what we grew up with. I don't know. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's going to come out like a shit ton of money. Oh, I'm sure. Is that coming out this year? This yeah. summer? Ah, uh, man, I don't know exactly when. If it's coming out, it's going to be in the summer. Well, the toys are out. Let's be honest. Walmart has the toys oh, okay. Now. It's interesting. The toys actually reflect the original name for the film, where they took out the Teenage Mutant and just kept Ninja Turtles. Is that, is that what the movie's yeah, going to be called? Yeah, it just says Ninja Turtles on the toys. The movie, they put Teenage Mutant Ninja Teenage Turtles all together, but uh, so many people bitch about it, but... Uh, I don't... They don't look like... You know... Teenagers, they, but... They just need to call it Battle Frogs and move on. Uh, Battle Toads. Battle just, Toads. Yeah. Or uh, Biker Mice from Mars. Oh, shit. Uh, street Sharks. Oh, God, I remember that. Too. That's... I want to see a full feature... You know, full-length feature movie of... Uh, street Sharks. Street Sharks. Eh, I don't know. But um, let's see what else we got here. Pacific Rim 2. That, that's yeah, official that that's too. coming. So I'm really looking forward to that movie. I, I was really impressed with the first one. 
you know, even though it didn't get, you know, very well received or didn't didn't really make a lot of money, I guess, uh, here in the States. But I think it probably recouped those losses, you know, abroad. You know, I know it made a lot of money in China. That's probably why, and I have a feeling this one will be geared more towards the Chinese market than an American one. So, uh, that, that's coming, and I think... Uh, Del Toro has also said that uh, there's going to be an animated uh, series coming based on that. And uh, it's actually switched uh, uh, distributors. I believe it's the, the first one was Warner Brothers, and the second one is going to be uh, uh, Universal. Okay. So that's... Still under a Legendary, though. Yeah, Legendary's uh, switched from uh, Warner Brothers to Universal. So a lot of people are speculating that it'll get a lot more... Uh, you know, have a lot more legs and get a lot more advertising, and you know they'll they'll put a lot more money into the the press work because well, a lot of people, so. yeah, I mean a lot of people complain that they never heard about the first film, they even heard it was out, but um, so that's good. I think it, you know, definitely if you market it right, it's gonna sell some tickets because it's, I mean, it's definitely you know summer blockbuster material. You know, definitely something that you'd want to check out. You know, this time of the year, explosions and giant robots and shit. Yeah, yeah, you don't get enough of that. Um, I gotta say, what I'm looking forward to is this uh, new Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, that's July 11th. July 11th. Yeah, coming up, and uh, it's getting really good reviews. Is it? Very good. That's awesome. Um, I'm pumped. I haven't. I haven't watched. I watched the very first teaser trailer, and that's the only one I've watched. I'm not watching anymore. Yeah, uh, they. That's that's the problem with trailers, and it's not just a new thing. You know, some yeah. people are complaining that it's just getting worse and worse. But uh, trailers showing too much of films, you know, end scenes and all that, yeah. just just to get you in there. Uh, but that's the. I mean, they're they're using it as the hook of the film, but. That's the, that's the core of the fucking yeah. movie. You know, like you're basically you know it already. Well, you know, it's weird. I was watching trailers for older movies earlier yeah. today, and I watched one for uh, that Vincent Price movie theater, Blood, and the damn thing shows repeatedly shows the end in that trailer. Really? Uh, I'd never seen it before the film, but I mean, if you. In 1973, when it came out, and you saw the trailer, and you watched the movie, you've seen the end. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not a new thing. It's just really annoying that they do that. Or showing major plot points. Well, it's it's like you know I can remember certain movies like uh, you know Independence Day. I know it's not the best movie in the world, but you know I had seen trailers for the movie before I saw it, but I just remember being so overwhelmed when the ships came. You know when the when the UFOs came above yeah. the the, uh, the city skylines and stuff, and I don't remember seeing that in the original trailers. You know, maybe it was in there, but I don't know. I, I really attribute a lot of that to the the dumbing down of the audience. You know, the the viewing audience being much less, you know, much stupider than than the you know previous audiences because it's almost like we've got to show you all of what you're going to see for you to even go. Yeah, you know, you're not going to invest in it unless you know exactly what you're going to be watching. Uh, they feel the need to hold your hand. 
yeah. to the whole damn thing. But they don't leave any mystery for them. I mean, I'd say it's definitely gotten worse, like especially with horror movies, because I mean, you'll see all the best scares in the trailer. Yeah, and yeah, they just try. They just want to get you with that. That's why I don't. I don't try to watch trailers unless I have to. You know, unless I'm, my ass is in the seat in the theater, I'm really not going to watch a trailer. Unless it's something I'm not that interested in. Because I don't want it to be spoiled, you know, yeah. like that. The main reason I do that. Because, I mean, you know, I, I know the gist of it. That's all I need. You know, and I want to be surprised by that stuff when I'm in the theater. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of going to the movie. Right, right. But, I don't know, that seems like we're in a, living in a different world than we used to be. But uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Ridley Scott is going to be making a new movie called The Martian Mm -hmm. with Matt Damon. So basically that means Prometheus 2 is going to be sidetracked for whoever knows how long. Which, you know. What's The Martian about? I really don't. I don't know if it's an original story or not. I never heard of it either. I couldn't really find a whole lot on it. I just keep thinking of my favorite Martian when you say that. I don't uh, think that's a topic for Remley Scott. Drew Drew Goddard was the original director of this project, and he went to uh, do something with uh, Marvel. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that basically means that we're going to be waiting. Probably six more years to get Prometheus 2 if it ever happens. Yeah, there's, there's no telling what will happen with that. By that point in time, yeah. people maybe they just not care. I would I would predict that it's never going to happen. Hmm. Only because, I mean, Ridley Scott's old, man. He's almost 70 years old. And, I mean, these are not just, you know, little independent dramas. These are movies you've really got to be invested in. Yeah. You know, an old man can't do this stuff. Well, they just keep it in development hell. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. That's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I mean, the first movie was not very well received at all. I wonder if they would try to give it to another director. I, I wonder. I wonder how much of that, uh, if he owns the rights to it. But, I don't know. I've... I enjoyed the first film when I saw it in theaters. I watched it on Blu-ray a couple times, and I don't think it's going to hold up quite as well as some of the previous Alien movies. But I still think it's a good movie, and you know, it's hard not to compare that to the Alien franchise just because. Well, man, the uh, ending is what really throws it into that. You know, it was kind of it, it was part of the franchise without actually being. You know, an alien film. It's it's like either either do it or don't do it. You know, don't half-ass it. Don't make it some, you know, middle ground where it's, you know, not part of the franchise and it is at the same time because, I mean, those are xenomorphs. I mean, those are xenomorphs. I just... That may be a little bit different, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, they're like, like prototype xenomorphs. But uh, just the way they tacked on the end, and though, actually took me out of the film. I wonder, was that ending shot? I mean, that wasn't the original ending, I imagine. I don't think it was. I think they added so that they, pretty well. They probably did some test screenings and see oh, how it was right. testing. And 
They may have forced him to do that ending. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what kind of creative control he had on the project, but um, yeah, it's definitely odd when the uh, you know the Predalien burst out of the chest of the Predator at the end there. <laughs> Danny Glover shows up and says he's too old. See if uh, when you're Bradley Scott to do another EVP film. Oh, it's like you were telling me that in the in the Predator movie, um, it was supposed to be Danny Glover playing Lawrence Fishburne's role. That's right. what I've read originally. And that would have been so awesome. Yeah, that would have been better than what we got. Because that's... The Alien and the Predator franchise, I mean, I don't know if you... I guess you would consider them separate. But those two are, like, my favorite franchise of movies. You know, next to probably The Terminator, probably number one for me. And then those two, just I mean, they're just so you know close to my heart. You know, well, it's it's there's I mean, everything worked for them. You know, mm-hmm. special effects, direction, acting. You know, uh, you know the first two Alien films were great, and I mm-hmm. think Cameron went the right direction. You know, going from more of an action horror, than, right, you know, or true horror film. Otherwise, he would have failed. Right. Um, no, I think it was a perfect choice. I actually like Predators more than Predator. I mean, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the Aliens more than Alien, the original movie. You can rewatch Aliens more. I've noticed that. I I go back and revisit the first one every now and again, but I watch Aliens once a year at least. It's a, you know, it's a, a good just bullshit movie to throw on. You know, when you don't, you know, you don't have to get invested in it. Um. Alien 3 for me that's a sequel to Aliens I think it's horrible because of the way they cheated you out of the characters that have survived Aliens exactly that's that's probably the main complaint about it yeah I I get that I totally get that but as a standalone film I really enjoy Alien 3 really that's a different it's kind of a a different take on the first one to me you know you just have the one alien that's yeah that's the Uh, whole thing Except, you know, instead of a claustrophobic ship, it's this planet with all these convicts. It's it's, it's interesting. I do enjoy it on its own. It had some big shoes to fill, that's for sure. It, it you know, would have failed in some regard, regardless of what it did. Um, and, you know, we've all heard about the horror stories that the, you know, the, uh, the bigwigs were giving, uh, oh, what's the director's name? Fetcher. Oh, yeah, yeah, David Fincher. You know, he basically had no creative control. Yeah, and he, he, I, when they redid the film for Blu-ray, or even the DVD, Quadrante said, um, I think they asked him to come out and do a director's cut. He refused. He wouldn't do it. He won't have anything to do with the film. He's dismissed himself for the movie. Which, I can totally understand that. You know, Considering what happened, but you know, I kind of compare it to, you know, uh, Guillermo del Toro was the same way with Mimic. You know, yeah. the, the Weinstein's basically, you know, were over his shoulder the, that entire production. But yet he came back and did a director's cut version of that movie. I respect the hell out of him for doing that. I mean, but I don't know. I can understand both sides of it. You know, just totally wanting to dismiss yourself, but. That also seems like he's kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking 
you know, I did Fight Club, motherfucker. You know, I, I don't I don't have time to do this bullshit horror movie stuff. You know, I, I did, uh, um, you know, Zodiac. Well, has he worked with Fox again since? I'm not sure. I'm not a big fun. fan of his work, to be honest with you. I think Fight Club is overrated, I think. Zodiac is overrated. I think a majority of his films... I mean, that's, that's just me personally. I know a lot of people enjoy him, and that's great. I just... I, I don't see the talent there as a director. But... Yeah, I, Fight I Club never resonated with me. I enjoyed it. Oh, Fight Club? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I liked it for what it was when I saw it, but I mean, people are calling it the best movie of the 90s and stuff. You know? Man, I, I treat it like it's a... One of those cultural films. I, I don't you know? think so at all. I just didn't see it. Um, you know, and I haven't seen the Facebook movie or the. Uh, he did the remake of that. Uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I haven't seen that either. That's right. And he, oh. He's working on something now, but I, I just never been a very big fan of his work. And even Alien Three, uh, I just I've never been able to get into Alien Three. I've seen the. Not director's cut, but what do they call it? There's a name for it. The the David Fincher cut or whatever the hell it is. Just an extended special edition. It had a lot of the stuff that the the studio cut out. Well, it has the original intent for the uh, the the alien. I mean, it came out of the 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 box instead of the the dog. Looked the same, though. uh, I like the ox more, I think. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. I just... The one thing I did enjoy that they put back in there was that attempt to get the alien into that big room. You know, they lured it in there, but then somebody fucked it up and it got yeah. back out. Yeah. And a lot of people died trying to do that. That was a yeah. whole scene that was just totally taken out of the theatrical cut. Um, but uh, I will say that Charles S. Dutton steals the show. Yeah, he's, he's pretty awesome. I, I'm serious. I really love him. He, he, like I saw a movie the other day called The Monkey's Paw with him in it. He, uh, really good actor. Did you, do you remember that show, uh, The Rock or Rock sitcom, early '90s? Yes. With him in it, I like that show a lot. Um, but last bit of news I'll mention here: the uh, Karate Kid Two. Uh, it's it's actually changed directors. It's uh, directed by. It's gonna be directed by Breck Eisner now, who did the the Crazies remake. Oh yeah, Michael Eisner's kid. Yeah, so this will be uh, another Jaden Smith project for you to look forward Jayden to. Jaden Smith is attached to it. Oh yeah, that's why it's happening. I'm sure all of this is because of Will His Smith. Dad's pushing it through. I mean, did you did you see After Earth? No, I haven't either. I haven't heard anything, but I mean, I've I've heard a lot of reviews, and I need to watch it because it sounds pretty fucking weird. I just the nepotism involved in that, and Jane is not showing me any indication that he has, you know, the ability to act. Uh, if if he did, it'd be different, you know. There have been plenty of you know you have Michael Douglas and his father. Michael Douglas is a good actor in his own right. Exactly. But I don't think his dad was pushing him into exactly. It. That I think that's the big thing. I mean, you can't push that shit on an oh. an audience. No, they'll resent you for it. 
I mean, it's like, uh, you know, Nicolas Cage, you know, changed his name from Coppola. Yeah. And, you know, so he wouldn't be associated with that and became an actor in his own right, you know. May have gotten, you know, one or two jobs to start with because of his uncle. But, you know, just your foot in the door type of deal. But, you know, you've got you've to gotta separate yourself from, you know, your heritage at some point. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's not like Jaden's going to come out and do Fresh Prince or something, you know. Oh, God. No. Fresh Prince remake. You know, that's been talked about. Has it? No, I'm just saying, you know that's come up somewhere. The popularity of that show. But, uh... Well, they do it like uh, they did with uh, Boy Meets World. Then Girl Meets World. Yeah, that's 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 coming. That's uh, They did do that. I mean, has it already cool. come out? I've, I don't know if it's on TV yet, but I mean, I've seen... I know it's... Stuff about yeah. it. Uh, Topanga? Old as shit. You're a big, you're big fan of Topanga? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Topanga. Everybody was, I think, though, at that time. Yeah. She's a cute girl. Still is. One thing, though, I wish Brack Eisner would do. Before that writer's strike of a few years ago, uh-huh. he was set to do a Creature for the Blind Lagoon remake. And, uh, I mean, I've seen pictures of the creature. Yeah. Which looked interesting. But because of the writer's strike, it was thrown off, so they're not going to do it. You know, when you talk about that, all I think about is, like, the Wolfman remake and how that turned out. You know, with, uh, and, I mean, this has been 22 years ago, but you had Bram Stoker's Dracula, I think, was excellent. Yeah, sure. And then right after that, you had uh, Frankenstein, which I enjoyed. And you had Wolf as well, which was dog shit. But was Wolf supposed to be a Wolfman? Was it supposed to be a... Yeah, I think they were capitalizing on that. And that's but, a small revival at that time. But, I mean, it wasn't gothic horror. It was just bullcrap. Yeah. You have an old, pudgy Jack Nicholson pawing all over Michelle Pfeiffer and turning yeah. into a wolf. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I watched it. But, you know, back when it came out. Did you? What was that, 94? I was young, yeah. Um, and then, when they announced this Wolfman taking place, you know... Around that same time, you know, about a hundred years ago or so, it uh, I had high hopes for that. I really did yeah. with the cast and everything. And then I did when, too. And then when Joe Johnston got attached to it, it's when I started worrying. Was he the original? No, it was he, a different director. I can't remember the name of that director who was doing it originally, but he dropped out. Brian Singer didn't have anything to do with that, did he? No, uh, it wasn't him. It was. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I was thinking it was that it movie was, one was of the, total, total crap. That movie, man. Some people actually like that movie. I absolutely hate it. I, I, yeah, I loathe it. I uh, I can't get into it one bit. Um, but you know, I, I'm a big fan of Benicio del Toro. I love him and pretty much everything he's ever done, except yeah, for exactly, that. Exactly. You know? Except for that. Um. It's a good cast. You know, it should have worked, but and I, I'm not going to blame Joe Johnson for that necessarily because he he came in on it it's like he was just trying to fix you know something that was already beyond fixing. Um, because he you know he right after that he did Captain America which I enjoyed. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. I don't. Uh, I mean, you can really blame that on the you know, development problems. Yeah, I'm, I have a feeling that's what it was. But I'm not saying that creature movie would have been good. I just there's never been one. You know, it's never been a remake. And the movie came out 60 years ago this year. Kind of surprised too. Yeah, the closest we got, I guess, would have been uh, Monster Squad with that uh, updated Gilman for that one. Yeah, what'd you think of that one? I mean, just the design of that. I liked it fine. You know, uh, I, I do like the, the weird mouth, like the fish lips yeah. kind of mouth of the original. It works with it. It really does. It gives it a eerie look. Of course, they had to put teeth on the uh, on the eighties one, but yeah, it was fine. You know, it didn't really bother me. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that movie a lot. I think it's a great. That's a great uh, stepping stool for uh, you know maybe for a child to watch. Oh, definitely. To get yeah. into horror movies. Because I'm kind of at that place where my kids, like, you know, I don't know what's appropriate and what's not, really, because kids are weird, man. They get scared from stupid shit they shouldn't be scared of. So, I know. It's, it's pretty random. Um, so, basically, I don't... I haven't pushed them on anything, but, you know, one of them really likes this kind of stuff. She comes in here and picks up all these DVDs and wants to watch them. The other one doesn't even want to look at it because she's so scared of the picture, but... The other one wants to watch it. I, I don't know. I think she may be okay. She she probably could watch some of that stuff and, and you know, enjoy it. But, yeah, it should be interesting. Old Jaden Smith. You didn't see the first Karate Kid, did you? No. Last thing I saw him in was in that terrible... Um, Oh, I don't know what you're going to say. The, uh, shit. Dating. I was just uh, yeah, That's I've seen pieces of it. I, I never could force myself to sit down and watch it. Keanu. Yeah, he's... Uh, I think we discussed that in one of the other parts. Oh, did we? Okay, I guess we don't need to go into it now. But Anyway... I guess we can go ahead and get into our main discussion here. The uh, the death of 35mm film. Um, Dale Dale's actually got some insider information, you know, about uh, you know theaters and you know exactly what goes on. So I'll go ahead and let him take it from here. You know, how do you feel about you know 35mm film essentially dying? It's I don't know, it's something to get used to, you know, we've had film for so long, and uh, uh, over 100 years, so now with digital coming in, it's, I mean, the game has changed completely. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, projections are obsolete at this point, you can, you can, one person can control everything from that theater, or even the home office, um, uh, you have a lot less control over it, though. But, I mean, you don't have to worry about film burning. Right. And all that. It's, it's just different. There's pros and cons for both. Right. But, um, you know, I spent 12 years in the theater industry. 
and so I mean from 98, 1998 to 2010. So I mean, I, I got to see the, the full change. You saw you were there when there was no digital. Yeah. And you saw it to where it was primarily digital. Yeah. Uh, start hearing rumblings about you know digital film, everything going to digital in the early 2000s, and uh, you know myself and the other people I discussed it with, we all thought it would just be DVDs, right? Because that was a medium at the time, right. really, and uh, and it made sense, you know, just send a DVD and just play it like a movie, right? But uh, that's not what they did. They didn't do that at all. Um, they did hard drives. Uh, you get a box, a plastic box, padded in there with a big-ass hard drive, and you put it up to the... Uh, you can put them in the individual projector, projectors or just in the one-core computer and send it out everywhere, which is another good aspect of digital... You don't have to carry film everywhere. Right. You're not limited to, you know, just two or three auditoriums. You can put in all of them if you need to. So if you've got a film that's selling out, you know, you can open up another yeah. screen. Which is exactly what, especially for, you know, like midnight shows and such for the Harry Potter films. Oh, yeah. Which were insanely popular. Um, you can do that. You would never have to worry about turning away all these people for a midnight show. Sure. When you've got that many screens, you might as well utilize them. Oh, yeah. It's just extra money. I yeah. Mean, why not? I mean, it doesn't uh, cost you anything else. No. No, no, no. I mean... It's, it's not like you'd have to buy another print of the movie. Or rent another print of the movie. To oh, to. exactly. And, you know, the studio's fine with that. The more money you make, the better. Sure. For everyone involved. Uh, it makes that a lot more convenient. That's pretty cool. So, when you get the hard drive, is there like a password or anything? Uh, what we had was the key. Well, we called them keys. You just downloaded them. We would take. We would go down to the uh, computers in the office, and they were sent by email. And download it to a flash drive and take it upstairs oh, yeah. and pop it in there. And the keys were time. You know, you got to wait a certain amount of time. Usually, a week span. For each print, you'd have to each week, usually Thursday, you know, between Tuesday and Thursday, you'd get new keys. You had to put those in, otherwise, your film would expire. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, usually they would give us time. Like, you know, the key would open up. Like, say a movie's supposed to come out Friday, the key would unlock on Wednesday or early Thursday and right. preview it. But with other films, they didn't do that. The key would unlock maybe an hour before, you know, the theater opened. You know, when the theater opens at noon and the key unlocks at 11, what you can't really do much with that. Well, you can't really preview it either. No, you can. So you just got to hope that it's not corrupted. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I first started in the, the business, we had to preview every single 35 millimeter. Right. And, uh, you know, once digital kicked in, we still did it for a while, and then it got to where they didn't want us watching more than maybe 15 minutes of the beginning of it, and assumed that, well, if it works for the first 15 minutes, it's fine. But that, that wasn't the case. 
you would get you know an hour in, you'd get the sound cutting off. Or yeah. Something would mess up, and but you don't catch it. Right. You know, and it's a shame the customer has to catch that. Did you ever experience a lot of that, like problems with prints? I mean, with with the not prints, but the, the digital. digital. Uh, we had several issues with that, and, I, and sometimes over time we've just become corrupted uh, for various reasons. So you'd have to get another copy. Usually, like say, let's say Auditorium Number Nine has a movie and it just corrupts for whatever reason. I just have to delete it and re-download it. Okay. It wasn't the actual hard drive film that was a problem. It's just whatever, you know, the the data in the actual right. projector at that point in time was corrupting. So, I mean, very similar to problems you have on your computer. Exactly. I mean, it's really the exact same thing, uh, just on a bigger scale, you know. It affects a lot more people. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is, I mean, essentially, the, the switch to digital basically saves studios money, it, stay, it saves the theater's money, too, and time. Yes. You know, so... You don't have to pay for a projectionist. You have a uh, projection technician who is uh, over several theaters, and he has to come out once. I th- since that happened after I left, from what I've heard, they come out once a week and download everything where really? it needs to go. And they do all the stuff I used to do. So there, they leave. there essentially is no projectionist no. anymore? No, management has to take care of that. Well, that's sorry, issue. man. Which uh, I honestly hate for management because it's not like they don't have enough on their plate. Uh, that's that's just the change there. Yeah, it's, it's one last person to have to pay, too. That's, that's exactly why they do it. So, um, I know whenever I you know worked with you at the theater, we... Uh, that was always a job I wanted. Was you know projections. It was like the coolest thing to do there, because you know at the time the guy that was that was our projectionist was uh, he always got to sleep when the movies yeah. were going. So <laughs> that yeah, was I mean big... you have vast amounts. Of, I mean you think about a movie, two hour movie. You start everything within thirty minutes. That leaves you about an hour and a half. Right. Of Just, nothing. Yeah. Um, Hang out. Assuming everything works okay. Now, with digital film, you really had nothing to do, except for maybe you're supposed to clean the projectors, but there's always so much cleaning you can do for those. Um, so, I mean, you had a lot of free time. But I'm mean, assuming there wasn't a problem. Yeah. You didn't have to fix a um, problem with the you know, film that was being, being shown. Now, with 35, you had to be more on your uh, toes to make sure everything was okay, especially if you had older equipment. Right. Uh, each one has its own little quirks, and you just got to work with that. Sure. Well, what about the quality? Would you say the quality is just as good with the digital prints? Uh, uh, the thing about digital prints, like, say, 35 over time will degrade. Right. Just from being threaded through, we'll get, just, you know, from dust in the air. We'll get more grain on yeah. the film and marks. Yeah. And, you know, again, with old projectors, which is what I worked with, um, some of the machinery would start putting little scratches in there. Right. Or if it's threaded through wrong, you know, the projectionist isn't doing, you know, they make a little mistake or, you know, they're not really doing their job. Yeah, it would damage a print. Um, it doesn't take much to do it either. And you see, 
just a tiny scratch on that film, it's huge on the big screen. Right. Um, but uh, with digital, that doesn't happen. Right. You know, it stays the same throughout. Pristine. Yeah. So you've got that going for it, too. Right. I don't know. I really think that, you know, me personally, I know that I, you know, I enjoy film a little bit of grain, little scratches, you know, cigarette burns. Mm-hmm. It, I think it adds to it. Because, you know, you see, you know, some of the older, you know, even Blu-ray transfers we have still has that, you know, the older films. Yeah. It still has the, you know, the marks on it. And I don't know. Now you've got, you know, computer programs that are taking digital copies, you know, digital prints and adding grain to it. You know, the, these, you know, the revival of the grind, Grindhouse style films, a lot of those are doing it. We have plenty of people who do like film. I don't like that. But then you have a vast majority of the movie going public doesn't give a crap. The, yeah, they don't care. Um, but uh, yeah, you know what those cigarette burns are. You keep talking about right. That's uh, you, I know it's a marker. It's a real change. Maybe you can. That's a real change. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, also a thirty-five. If you ever watch a thirty-five millimeter print and see green cuts in there those are deep it gets like that when it's real deep the white ones are just surface green is it's about to tear all the way through really uh, so if you see that somebody fucked up black scratches are one thing but a green scratch means something serious happened wow why don't you walk us through a 35 maybe you know what you do when you get the uh, the print of the movie oh um well, you know, you get you see the film cans and the film reels and everything. That's exactly how 35 comes in. You know, usually it would come in two cans full of reels. Each reel is about 15 minutes. So, you know, I had to take the trailers and build up a trailer package. Right. Uh, whatever the studio calls for. And uh, put the ads on there and then the theater you know, ads, and uh, then you build up the film itself, and then you add the trailer package to the front of that, because um, usually I would build it up backwards, um, just to make it easier on myself. So you have the individual, you have individual trailers on film, and you have to splice all that together. Usually, a print comes with one trailer on there already. Okay. You know, it's one of the studio That's trailers. the one right before the movie yes. starts. The, the studio trailer. And it was really annoying. The policy at the time was cut that trailer off. Right. And insert that damn, uh, the, you know, for, for the, Regal Cinemas. Put that in there right the, before the movie. It's like, why? Eat popcorn and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, popcorn and drink Coca-Cola? We eventually just stopped doing that. That was ridiculous. Because you have to take it off anyway to send it. Because you had to send that trailer with the print to wherever it was going to go. And you send it back? Well, you send it on to another theater. Uh, Usually. You know, one of the dollar theaters. Dollar theater, right. Um, And uh, and then, yeah, you build the the rest of them up on there. And... uh, those, the trailers, usually take the brunt of any damage over time. Really? Because that's what you, especially that first one. Yeah. The first trailer usually looks terrible because 
you know, it's all over the floor, being wound up in there, getting your hands all over it. Oh, yeah. You know, you really should be handling it with gloves. Yeah. But nobody does. <laughs> uh, I was never trained to do it with gloves. Um, and that would keep your fingerprints off of it. Sure. But, uh, I mean, that's about it regarding building up a film and then showing it. You know, you just throw it through the projector and hope for the best. And, you know, assuming everything's set up right, there shouldn't be any problem. Yeah, it. as long as you know what you're doing and yeah. you do it right, yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be. But there's, I mean, there's certain things regarding threading. And if you do it just slightly wrong, like weaving loops mm-hmm. that are too big, when that film is going through, you've got a loop on the top right above the actual aperture plate, and it's flopping around. Right. It's just hitting the metal. Yeah. Now, that's where you get a lot of scratches from. Okay. But if you do it too tight... It'll actually pull, and and sometimes it'll just pull. You know, one of the gates open, right? And then your film is fucked. Oh shit! Um, so you have to do it the right way, you know. And especially when you're training new projectionists, they're always worried about, you know, not giving it enough uh, leeway. So they make the loop too big. I did that a few times, but there's really no way to train. Especially in a smaller theater, you you don't just have something you can just train with. You're, usually, they're just throwing you in there, training you with films that are showing. You're training while you're working. Yeah, you have the projectionist uh, showing you several times. He's like, "You do it." Yeah, and uh, then that projectionist has to make sure they catch any issues with it. But it's okay. not you have a little training station. That's just not not the case. So. Essentially, projectionists are a thing of the past now. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, where who is still going to be showing thirty-five millimeter? I mean, art house theaters, right? Uh, older theaters will still be showing. But, I mean, that. how many of those? I mean, there's none around here. But no, no, we we don't have anything like that here, which is a shame. It is. It is a shame. Uh, you can go down to New Orleans though, and there's an old theater down there. Really? And a couple of years ago, I hate. I just missed it. For around Halloween, they were showing the thing, John Carpenter. Oh yeah, I would love to see that on the big screen. An old friend of mine actually did watch it on the big screen, you know, with uh, the Blu-ray hooked it up to the projector, and he said the sound was fantastic. Really, it was that Dolby, you know, five point one or whatever in the theater. Yeah, and it was just loud as hell. And the thing is all about sound. Yeah, yeah. So. um yeah, that was. He said that was fantastic. I just, I never watched it though. Wow. Well, and that that wasn't thirty five. No, that was a Blu-ray. That was a Blu-ray. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that. You know, the the older films they show, they're just showing Blu-rays in these big theaters. You it's know, when cheaper. They, when they do the special, you know, like you know, they were going to rerun, or I think they did rerun Halloween a couple years ago. You know, pretty pretty wide release. I mean, to my knowledge, that was a Blu-ray. Really? I mean, it it, it may have been something like you're talking about off the hard drive or whatever, but I'm not. I mean, from what I heard, it was a Blu-ray. It if it was a wide release, it was probably a hard drive. Yeah. If it's one theater just doing a special and they get the rights, uh, possibly it could be something like that. But usually, to my knowledge, the studio will be like, sure. You have to get out of print, though. You have to pay for it. Right, right, right. Uh, 
I remember years back we had a catalog of old films you could order. It was Paramount. And it was, you could order the 35 millimeter prints. It was like $500. For what is that, a week? Or is that one show? I'm not sure how long that was. It was just a print you order. It probably depends. Well, they still have those. I mean, you can you can contact the studios directly, and you know, get a copy of these films. They, I mean, they had the Indiana Jones films on there. They had the 1953 War of the Worlds, which I would have loved to have checked out. On there. Did y'all ever run any old films like that? There's one point in time where they ran a couple of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth films. That's cool. Once. Um, I hadn't even heard about that. That that was at a time I don't... I was working there, but I was just uh, in box office or something. So I didn't have much to do with it. I wasn't a manager. So I'm not even sure how they went about doing all that. I'm hoping they got... You know, was that permission? Was that around the same time where uh, I'm sure they got permission? Uh, they probably been sued otherwise. But was that around the same time when they changed ownership? Were they doing a lot of weird stuff before they they get they sold it to uh, Regal? This one, I'm trying to think, because this was on our because this was on. United Artists before. When I worked there, it was still yeah, United, United Artists. United Artists and United Artists expanded way too big than imploded. Right. And Regal bought out United Artists and Edward Cinema. And, uh, you know, they kept the name United Artists, but they're all Regal. Um, I can't remember what year that was, man. It was early 2000s, wouldn't you say? It was. Uh, I would say that was around 2000. I want to say 2002, one or two, when that happened. And Regal seems to be handling it much better than UA did. Yeah. I mean, I, I've worked in that UA theater in the last years of the UA ownership. Right. Well, you know, I think one of the the major you know disadvantages to this you know switch from you know the physical print to to the the digital is, uh, you know, like you were talking about the art house theaters. I mean, and we all know, you know, this day and age, you've got to be showing new movies to make a profit. Yeah. So basically, you know, the art house theaters, even the ones that exist, you know, there are a few exceptions, but, you know, during the during the day on the weekend, you've got one screen that's showing the new shit, you know, and then one is, you know, one for them, one for me type deal. Yeah. You know, so you can, you know... But that's where you make your money is off the new movies. As you know, opening weekend is the main time for these things now. Yeah, and with the ratio of how much theaters themselves actually get, yeah. even for the smaller theaters, I, they can't be making all that much money on just you know that first weekend. No, because it's just uh, food sales, right? Just what? Food. Yeah, they, the concession, that's why concession is so expensive. That's why they make their money. That's it, isn't it? You know, I mean, basically, they don't make any money off ticket sales. At first, no. Is that right? And with the change now, the movies don't last all that long. Yeah, it's less money for theaters. You've the ratio changes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You've explained that to me before. It's yeah. So the longer it's in the in the theater, the more money the yeah. theater actually makes. I think it's something like 80% 
of the ticket, 80 to 90 percent of that ticket goes to the studios that first weekend. Oh, okay. And then, you know, the longer it runs, that switches over. You know, so these movies that, that last, you know, a couple months, those are, and didn't do well, those are the ones theaters want. But other than that, movie theaters don't get a big percentage of that at all. That's why you pay yeah. you know, $5 for a hot dog. And right. And, you know, right. The, the hot dog itself is maybe a buck fifty. If that, yeah. You know, popcorn, popcorn's not expensive. You're pretty much paying for the bucket instead right. of the popcorn itself. It's, it costs more than the popcorn itself? Yeah. Well, uh, you'd think you'd see more of these theaters trying to run prints for longer or run a certain film for a longer period of time than you do. Because, I mean, I mean, you're talking, I mean, a month. You know, God, we were talking about this earlier. Godzilla just went off at the local theater here. Yeah. You know, the, the one that's closest to us. And it it just went off, and that's been out for, what, a month and a half? Roughly. Not even, not quite. Not even quite a month and a half, and it's already gone. It was probably in the smallest screen there, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Had to make room for the next big blockbuster, which is Transformers. Right. Um, I don't think the theaters have much of a choice, because they're constantly throwing these big, you know, big films out every single weekend. But, I mean, is it, okay, there's this movie I want to see. Like, am I supposed to say, okay, I've got to go this weekend... To see it, everybody's got to go opening weekend. I mean, when I look at that shit, I say I'm not going opening weekend. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll go, you know, a week later. But sometimes, you know, if it doesn't do well, you're, you're not going to get to see that movie. Yeah, you know? if you don't catch it on time. Like, uh, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what gets a lot of people to rush in and be the first ones to see. I guess because they don't want to be spoiled on them by some other jackass. Right. Right. Um, but. I just don't see the... I mean, it didn't used to be like that with the opening weekend thing, I mean. You know, it didn't used to... It was like, oh, okay, cool, the movie's out. I'll catch it, you know, in a week or two. Yeah. Now it's, you know, if it's still there in two weeks, it's on the smallest screen in that theater, and it's going to suck in there, you know, because it's a tiny-ass screen. But I don't know. That's that's a big negative to me. Well, the cinematic landscape regarding that aspect has changed drastically. Yeah. yeah since kids. So much has changed. I mean, it's like their demographic now is like 15 to 20. You know, age 15 to 20 or well, them 12 to 20. 13. Yeah. Thanks so much for properties that should be R. They want PG-13. Because of that. Because yeah. that's that's who's going to movies. I mean, I guess people our age are just sitting at home watching DVDs. I don't know. Uh, because we don't want to deal with kids. Like yeah. That. That's part of it, man. That's. Uh, I remember working there for these movies. Uh, you know, these ghost movies will come out, paranormal activity or yeah. whatever. And you've got all these 15-year-old turds in there. And then you've got this one dude who's like, you know, 35, 40 years old who just insists on watching it. And it's just all these kids. If I walked in there and there were all these kids in there, I'd walk right back yeah. out get a refund. Get a refund, yeah. But he, he, he demanded. He wanted to go see that. And of course that pissed him off. Right. So he comes over to me to bitch at me about it. Right. I can't kick all these kids out. Yeah. I can try to get them to shut up, but yeah, well. you know, when the whole theater is like that, what do you expect me to do? 
Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, I can think of a few examples. You know, that's you know the ghost movies like you're talking about. I usually try to see a lot of those in the theater. And I know I saw The Happening. I think was one of the last movies I saw opening night. You know, I just don't do it anymore. It was. It's not worth the hassle. I mean, I was surrounded by. It was me and my wife. We were surrounded by children. I mean, yeah, they were fifteen. You know, they were way too young to be in this. I don't. Know, I think it was R. I think it was R rated, but surrounded by children. I mean, in a sea of children, and they just will not shut their fucking mouth. Well, it's all hangout for them. They it's, go there and talk and hang out, gossip about sure. know, school and all that shit. But it's it's like it. There is no separation between. You know, uh, they're you know the rest of their life and this movie. It's like they're not gonna stop doing what they do. No. They're not gonna fucking sit down and shut their fucking mouth. I just don't get it. I mean, why are you there? Like, why don't you just wait for that shit to come out? Go to your house, rent a movie, and you know, bitch about your girlfriends there. You know, whatever. Well, it's all the parents. They just want to get get them out of the, house. the hell away from. Yeah. Them. Yeah, I saw this a lot. They would take their kids and just drop them off. You know, they'd go home and get wasted or whatever while their kids are watching these movies. Yeah. They'd leave them there. The kids would linger for a while, and they'd get bored, and they'd turn into little shits. Yeah, they start causing mischief or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, it's... that. That's something I don't miss about that. Uh, you know, and I know that's not new. That's... That's always been yeah. a problem as long as theaters have been around. I get that. I did that too. I mean, I did the same thing. Yeah. But the difference is, when I was when my ass was in the seat, I was quiet. You know. You well, know, you I wasn't the movie instead of being a butthole. Exactly. I was there to watch the movie, so I wasn't fucking jibber jabbering. But I don't know. That's just the fucking state of the state of people. Nobody has any respect, and nobody. Nobody realizes we're living in a society where we've got to be courteous to a some you know to a certain degree and respectful of other people around us. It's like everybody's just so fucking selfish and nobody else matters but them. I mean, it's just like going in the movie with your fucking cell phone lit up the whole time. Yeah. Turn that motherfucking thing off or leave. You know that's your choices. I'm taking calls. I'm not taking calls, man. I'm not man. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a whole different shit right there. You need to get the hell out. Um, anyway, that's enough about that. But uh, I mean, basically, you know, we've got positives and negatives to to both. Well, it's mostly just uh, positives for this. You know, the digital switch, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. I'm not. I can't complain about it. Really. Yeah. It's just. Uh, it's just changed. The industry, from the theater point of view. I mean, you know, the ticket ticket sales have, have gone down, so they're trying to find every which way they can to cut corners. Yeah. But, you know, these smaller theaters, you know, you've got, you know, one or two screens, you know, you may not have the money to invest in a new projector, you know, a new digital projector that you're required to have now. Yeah. So and all that happened really fast that switch happened very fast um I think it's been roughly 10 years now not even 
I mean, a, a lot of theaters have gone out of business. That second theater I started at, I started there in 2006. And, uh, they had a couple of digital projectors, but it's still, I mean, every auditorium still had 35s. Right. But over the four years I was there, that changed to where there was maybe three or four 35s left in there, all digital. They were just slowly adding more digitals. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's a smart thing to do. You know, you can... Well, it was interesting that they did it like that because that theater had only been open a couple months when I started. They didn't put digital in there right off the bat. Oh, really? Yeah, they had all 35s. Really? Um, And they, uh, they slowly added them all in there. And I just thought that was odd that they did it like that because... They had that door, we call it the suicide door, because it was right out of projection. You know, you open right. it, you can fall right out. Right. It's like three stories. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's just so they could get the projector up in there. Oh, yeah. To put in there, because there's no way in hell you're going to get a big digital projector up any flight of stairs. You might as well just shoot oh, yourself. Okay. So they had to get some sort of a forklift or something? Yeah, they get that, pop it in there, and then they just slowly pull it back to wherever they were going to put it. Well. Um, they're big. They're, they're bigger than the regular uh, 35 projectors. And they're just, they're solid, you know, like a solid block. So it's not like you could take certain parts off and make it easier to move around. It's just one big yeah. hunk. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, regarding the... Uh, customer's point of view it works out great for them but you know if a movie messes up on 35 not 35 but on digital you know there's nobody can do anything about right it. you gotta get a refund can. yeah it's just yeah. free passes <laughs> which is I mean that's the backup thing it's always free passes yeah which is funny that they do that because you've already paid for a movie they just give you a pass, just like a rain check, basically. Instead of instead of refunding your money, <laughs> refunding all that money would not look good because you have to explain to the home office why. Yeah. You know, if you give out a lot of passes, it's one thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, doing all those refunds, we always try to avoid that. Well, because I mean, they they want to know why. Because the thing is. Being a manager, you could just do refunds, say, oh, I did a refund, and pocket the money. Right. It's easy to do that. So it still looks like a sale. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm sure that's what they were trying to guard against. Sure. Um, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had to log everything. We had to log all the passes we gave out, too, just to make sure there was no, nothing untoward happening. Did you you give out a lot of passes? A lot of people complained? Oh, yeah, there were times I had to do that. Really? When, like, for instance, you know, um, the second theater I worked at, the power would go out. Oh, yeah. You know, that was our fault. Oh, it was just somehow our fault, even though, you know, we had nothing to do with that. Well, I mean, they yeah. paid to see a movie. Uh, they did, but the thing is, that uh, city uh, would not pay for a new uh, power grid. So they were leeching. Our theater was leeching off... The major city, really, uh, power grid, wow. not that city's. Wow. So that's why we would constantly have brownouts 
and crap like that. You know, that was our fault. We couldn't do anything about it. A storm happens, everything shuts off. That's fucked, man. And, yeah, but I mean, that's that's lost revenue. Well, I guess if you, if you you give money back or do you get passes in that situation? You give them the option. Really? Well, who's going to uh, want a pass? You have plenty of people. It, oddly enough, more people go with passes than you think. Really? Um, but, uh, you know, it was a pain in the ass trying to deal with that. Now, people want, you know, a refund or whatever for that, fine, you know? Yeah. Don't blame me for it because I didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. You know, it's an act of God or whatever, you know, if a if lightning strikes a breaker down the street, yeah. I didn't do that. Right. If I had that kind of power, I wouldn't be working in a movie theater. <laughs> you wouldn't be on an hourly wage, that's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> damn. Uh, I can only imagine the shit you have to put up with. You know, People. it's like a friend of mine works in a theater out in Texas and, uh, it was raining. The parking lot was just full of water because that's what happens when it rains. And somebody came in there and he was all pissed because he had just gotten his car waxed or something. Yeah. And he, he told my friend, he was like, you're going to pay to get my car waxed again. Like, the hell I am, you know. It's not going to do that. So my buddy kicked him out. How do you even complain about now. that? Well, you've got people who think they're hot shit. Yeah, but I mean... How is that that How is that anybody's fault? No, except for his own. Somebody who's angry, wow. and and it, it's that selfishness you were talking yeah. about earlier. They're entitled, you know. That's yeah. I mean, it sucks for them, but it's nobody's fault. Well, you, you've got a segment of the population that has some sort of a false sense of entitlement, where they think no. they're, you know, deserving of special attention, you know, regardless of their social status. So, um, um, and you you get some interesting characters. I can only imagine these. The movie theater, usually in a in a community, a theater is where everybody goes. Yeah. As opposed to you know, you've got certain stores only certain people are going to go, but right. everybody from every walk of life right. is going to go to a movie theater. Right. Um, and you know it's not really a problem. A lot of people, you know, as much as. We all like to inflate how bad it is that people are. Because you remember all the bad ones. You never remember. Like, right. You'll remember that one asshole, but you'll forget about like the 20 or 30 good people. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, and I will say, working in a theater, you know, if everything runs smoothly and, you know, we take care of something, if a customer comes up and tells me, you did an awesome job, that was really cool, or something like that, it does mean a lot. Most people don't do that. They're just going to come and bitch at me if they, you know, slip on a turd in the <laughs> bathroom that I didn't even know was there. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I do miss it. Yeah. I don't miss the pay. I don't yeah. miss the uh, corporate. Corporate was a pain in the ass. Right. That's, yeah, all another aspect. Um, Is there a certain movie that people demanded refunds for? Like, more than others? Like a certain one that people were really upset with or like oh, Passion of the Christ or was there no any? Passion didn't we had a lot of people coming in there with you know the ash crosses on oh really like forehead like the ash Wednesday stuff that's uh, weird Passion didn't it wasn't you knew what you were going into with that uh, but man it was uh, 
certain movies that were not promoted, like they weren't promoted well. Like, right. like you watch a trailer, you have no idea. Like say the movie Land of the Lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the TV show as kids. Yeah. And you would assume, okay, this is just goofy kid yeah. stuff. It wasn't at all. You know, you get refunds for stuff like that. It's usually stuff that people bring their kids to and they realize they don't need to be in there. That's the kind of movie you get refunds for. So that, you you saw a lot of that type stuff? Yeah, every now and again. Really? Well, that's that's a perfect example of, like, who was that movie for? Well, yeah, they just don't know how to advertise it. Or how to... I don't know. I don't. I just don't understand why it even exists. Like that must have been, you know, somebody's brain fart that that even got greenlit. What Land of the Lost? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's other movies like that. That, you, like, you take a children's movie and you make this 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 movie with uh, or a children's TV show and make this movie with raunchy, like crude crude okay. humor and yeah. stuff in it, which is exactly what that was. Um, as I preview that, I, you know, I couldn't believe <laughs> that's what I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't what, uh, what I expected it to be. Was it, uh, it was Will Ferrell and Scalifanakis in that? No, it was, uh. Somebody else was in it. That dude from Eastbound and Down. Oh, uh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. But, uh, well, cool. You have any other particular stories or experiences you want to share? Oh, man. You know, anything interesting? I know uh, when I was working there, you know, I only worked there for maybe six months. And it was, uh, I know one time there was a fire. Somebody, you know, this was in the middle of summer and there was a fire outside in the flower bed. You know, from cigarettes, probably. But, yeah. like that. And, uh, all sorts of weird stuff like you'd find in there like uh you'd find condoms and other oh, yeah. nasty things like that like i mean i've heard stories of like aborted babies and shit being found in in, in theaters wouldn't surprise me i mean honestly i mean people screw in these theaters oh constantly so these teenagers will come in there and just do their business i mean i was walked in on that sometimes i, mean, I thought it was hilarious watching yeah. a girl you know, walk in there and a girl's going down on her boyfriend. Yeah. And we all just point and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're going to do that, don't get caught. Because if you get caught, you're going to be our laughing stock. Um, um, yeah, I remember we had a bomb threat once. Yeah. And uh, we had to get... Man, it was raining, too. We had to get everybody out of that theater. The fire department came. And they asked me to go back in there to help them get all the garbage bags out to make sure there wasn't a bomb just sitting them in the garbage cans. I was the only person they asked to go back in there. So, you would have been the one that died. Yeah. I knew it wasn't a damn bomb. I went in there and helped them. I didn't care. Right, oh, yeah. Did they ever find out who did it? No. Not that I know of. Wow. And I think this is right before they started really cracking down on that this is probably before September 11th wasn't it yes so after September 11th is when that shit got serious well these kids thought that was hilarious to call in bomb threats that was just a thing to do you call it a bomb threat now you're gonna be fucking going to federal prison yeah 
Rightfully so. I mean, if, if you do that in somewhere like that, you can have people panicking, possibly. Sure, sure. I understand why. damage. I mean, we can't, um, we can't you know. have people doing that. Um, but, uh, let's see. I know there'd always be some sort of... Somebody couldn't, couldn't figure out how to use the restroom, so they would just, like, shit around the toilet instead of in the toilet. So that was always fun to deal with. Um, the women's restrooms are always worse than the men's. I know. Always. Women do this thing, they, they call it hovering, where they, they don't sit on the toilet to piss, they, they hover above it and just piss everywhere. You know, it just goes all over the seat, all over everything. It's like a mist. It just like what it sprays totally. I, I don't understand the logic behind that, but women are women are nasty, man. Their their bathrooms are always so nasty. I mean, probably mainly for that reason, because you can imagine someone with explosive diarrhea hovering above a toilet, which is blasting like shotgun blast of shit, you know, all over the toilet, not in it, but. uh well, it's not just that, but the feminine products and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a and whole. They do thing. that, just leave it everywhere. Yeah, that's um, that's a whole another thing. I think I think most most men are pretty sickened by that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, there's no class in a woman's restroom. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying the man's was perfect, but a dude goes in there and drops trial, does his thing, and goes out. You know, a man will sit on the toilet seat. Yeah. Usually, you know, yeah. I, I sit. I'm not going to hover. No, no. You know, I don't even just, know if I could, if I wanted to. Well, I'm afraid if I did that, you know, just, yeah. you know, with the way physics is, sure, if it sure. shoots out, it's going to make me fall forward. <laughs> you know. <laughs> What's that? Newton's Newton's first law or third law? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah one of them. Oh, wow, that's funny. But, uh, yeah, all kinds of weird stuff you'd find in there, you know, all sorts of varieties of food and alcohol and stuff that's, like, way too big for somebody to sneak in. Pizza boxes. Pizzas. Um, Chicken. Like KFC buckets. (laughs) Bucket of chicken. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, Snacks was one thing. I always expect to see that. Yeah. My thing is, I never cared. As an usher, I never cared if you brought in snacks. Just throw it away. You know? Yeah. The thing that bothered the hell out of me more than anything else was dip cups. Yeah. Because I have to clean that shit up. There's nothing worse than picking up a cup and it's still warm. That's gross. Of dip? With dip in it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just... He was just unloading. Well, Spitting all through the whole movie, it's just a cup full of warm dip. I mean, on the positive side, at least it was in the cup. Like I, I never had any of them just spitting everywhere. I, I mean, they would spit sunflower seeds all over the place. But I saw a movie with a guy one time. Um, I don't remember what movie it was, but it was you know a bunch of kids from high school, and he just spit right on the floor. Yeah, that's just trash. Yeah, that's that's awful. Yeah, you, know, you gotta keep in mind, ushers don't make shit. No, they don't. And, uh, and just, I mean, show a little bit of respect there. <laughs> Why don't you talk about the the time somebody puked? Somebody puked in there, and then the oh, the kid puked. Yeah. And then the mother changed the other kid's diaper and put it in the puke <laughs> for me. 
that's like a that's a, like an insult to injury. That's like <laughs> it's one thing if she had not seen me and did that. Right. You don't see the person, so you don't you don't have that empathy. Exactly. exactly. But she saw me. I walked in there. The kid, the older kid, was crying, yeah. vomit all over the floor, and she apologized to me. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll go get a mop bucket. Uh, I try to be nice to these people. Right. I go get it, get the water clean, you know, clean mob water and all that crap, and get in there. And she's gone. The diaper is sitting right in the puddle of pew. Oh, she's gone now. Yeah, she wasn't there. Why would you take the diaper and just put it in the garbage can? I mean, like she was trash. Who do you think you are? You know, I really should have taken it and run after her. That's <laughs> throw it at her. Fucking yeah, just keep throwing it at her. Fucking shit grenade. Um, but uh. Yeah, that's pretty fucking awful. But, uh... Is that about the worst thing that happened? Uh... That was the most insulting thing. Yeah. I can imagine. I remember one time I actually... The one time I lost my cool... Was these kids were in a movie. And they wouldn't shut up... In the movie. So somebody came out and told me about it. There wasn't many people in the auditorium. I was like, okay, I'll go in there. Yeah. And uh, one of them kept popping their gum oh, yeah. during the movie. And uh, they mentioned that. I went in there I was like, if you do that again, you're out of here. Right. I was already on. Yeah. You know, I was ready to go at this point. So I walk, you know, I walk out and I get right there. You know where the auditorium, you know, the seats go up. The yeah. Stadium seating. I go walk right in here. I'm halfway to the door. I hear that gun pop again. That's when I got on my walkie talkie and yeah. told the projectionist, turn off this movie yeah. and turn on the lights. And he did that. And I went, I cussed those kids out. Yeah. That really pissed me off. <laughs> and, uh. Well, they were the only ones in there? No, no. It was, uh. It really it made me feel like shit. I didn't even notice this. Because by the time the lights came up, I was right in the row right in front of them. Yeah. And just behind me were two people and a little girl. And then I cussed out these kids. Oh, <laughs> And uh, I kicked them out. I eventually just kicked them out. I'm not going to put up with that. Yeah. But that, because that little girl was there, I felt like total shit. So I got a ton of uh, free passes. Yeah. For, you know, it could work at all. Right. At those theaters. And uh, I apologized profusely to them. <laughs> I gave them that. Because, you know, I don't like that about little kids. Sure, sure. A little kid there, you know. So you I mean, lost my cool. That was my fault. You didn't even realize they were in there. I knew the woman. One woman was there. Oh, I didn't realize uh, the little girl was there. Man. But, uh... This is a perfect example, man. What? I mean, you just... You know, sometimes it just gets to be too much. I mean, that's just... That's just complete disrespect. Yeah. Well, I mean, what can you expect with uh, some of these children? Yeah. Well, shit, man. We've rambled on here for quite a while. And uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. All right. We thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time.